Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are going to talk to Dr. Colander about his unique, personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack and stroke, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you need to have with your primary care physician. He'll also talk about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, welcome to another one of your very informative shows. As usual, we want to stay on top of the news. The two items that have been recently on the news are the pig heart transplant and what the final diagnosis is of the entertainer, Bob Saget. We're still waiting on his... um, autopsy to be completed. What do you take on on both of these issues? Well, we talked a lot about the pig heart last week. Let's start with Bob Saget. Right. Anytime you hear about sudden death, it's usually cardiovascular, meaning somebody had a heart attack or a stroke. Um, It could be a cerebral aneurysm, which would be neither of those, but that's unlikely. And, you know, this is someone who is working every day on the road as a stand-up comedian, which is a hard job, takes a lot of energy. He's at the top of his game, mentally at least, and for him to just go to bed without any idea that he was in danger and not wake up, that usually speaks to some cardiovascular event, whether it's a heart attack um, or an irregular heartbeat that led to his heart stop, but that's also driven by cardiovascular disease. Well, you would think that, you know, finishing a show and then going into a hotel room and going to bed at night, that wouldn't it be more evident if somebody was having symptoms of stroke? Wouldn't they have some symptoms that they would they would feel or know about? I know that you can die suddenly from the widowmaker, the heart attack that's silent, but I would think that that's probably going to be the, the final diagnosis here. I agree, and you're right. So if somebody had a stroke, there would be some findings just when you walk in the room. You know, there should be something that indicated a paralysis or some kind of deficit, even in death, there should be some muscular changes on one side compared to the other. Um, You know, even with his eyes and face, something should have indicated that. So your best guess as a physician, as a diagnostic physician, you're looking at this from the outside as we're watching it on television is you're saying it's heart attack. Yes. Now here's somebody with lots of money. Um, I would imagine access to everything. What is wrong with this picture? Well, the message is the same to you as it would be to somebody like him. 
You just cannot make any assumptions. And we all know of or heard of people who are famous, who are wealthy, who have access to, you know, in air quotes, the best doctors, yet those doctors affiliated with a hospital system are stuck within a program that doesn't allow prevention. They're all just screening you for surgery. And like all of you listeners know already, critical plaque does not cause sudden death. Sudden death is caused by plaque rupture, which is asymptomatic until it happens. And that's why most people that make their first presentation of heart disease with death. Looks like the Widowmaker, and as we've talked about many times, 600,000 plus people dying every year from, you know, sudden death from heart attack. But as you're talking, I'm thinking about the fact that this guy must have had access to all kinds of doctors because you've got all kinds of insurance on television programs and the TV media. I would think that he's probably got half a dozen doctors. And how is it possible that he would have been able to skip through and not have any of these tests that are available and necessary to prevent a heart attack? I mean, it's inexcusable, really. Well, but I see the medical professionals to blame. It's not just that type of access he had. He was a spokesperson for um, ma- raising money for scleroderma, which his sister died from years before. Right. So he was one of the top fundraisers for scleroderma awareness and uh, research. So here he is raising money for doctors. You'd think someone would go, hey, Bob, you don't look so good. Let me t- connect you to my friend here next door. He's the you know, top cardiologist. No, that doesn't happen. And even if he did, the top cardiologist, his goal is to identify a critical stenosis. And if that's not there, you leave that visit with a clean bill of health and you can die the next day. Nothing about blood flow blockage. If that's your search, you're going to miss opportunities to prevent sudden death. But I would imagine that the cardiologists and the primary care physicians and most specialist doctors out there are aware of the fact that there is the technology available to look and to dig a deep look into the arteries. They must know it's out there. I mean, I'm just not sure why we've had the CT cardiac uh, scoring test for over 20 years now and still only a small majority of the population knows about it, gets it, or is told to look into it and get it. Why would you assume that, that the doctors know? If they knew a better way to take care of people, why aren't they practicing that way? You know, you're, they don't know because they're not being paid to do it. And doctors are stuck in a system where they're employees of a hospital or a company. They have large no-compete clauses in their contract. They cannot just walk away from that business and start a new practice when they have a house and a home and families and kids in school. They're stuck, which means patients are all stuck in that system. Finding the right doctor is a big challenge. Let's come back and talk about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you are interested in finding out more about today's topics or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. 
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Dr. Colander, we're talking specifically about heart failure and also about heart attack and why here we are 20 years after bringing in the CT scoring, cardiac calcium scoring test. Nobody knows about it, but more so... What's up with the doctors that are not taking the responsibility of making sure that the patients are at least aware of the testing and aware of the fact that you can prevent certainly heart attack and stroke? Well, Amory, you keep asking, why aren't the doctors doing this? And the reality is it's real life keeps them from providing better care. So we've already talked a lot on the shows about the system is designed to screen people for surgery and not for preventing disease. So it's the system that does that. The hospitals, the billing, the insurance, pharmaceutical companies, all of that's engaged in making more money, and they make money on drugs and procedures. And your doctor makes money, you know, being paid by hospitals. So you're either your doctor grew up as a resident and went right to work for the hospital, or your doctor was in private practice and decided to in their final five to 10 years of their practice life to sell their practice to a hospital. Now, could your, the answer is your doctor could have in those final five to 10 years said, well, I want to be a concierge doctor and, and do what Dr. Collender is doing and, you know, do a better job. But the problem there is it's hard to do. It isn't like you snap your fingers and you have a concierge practice where you can do whatever you want and practice the best way possible. Okay, let me stop you there because I know that for 20 years you were in one of those uh, common garden variety practices, population medicine, see how many patients a day, how many a week, how many patients are on your book of business. And then at a certain point in time, five or more years ago, you decided this isn't good enough. I'm not delivering good enough patient care. And you transitioned over into the concierge practice where patients get an hour, two hours of your time, and you do every test humanly possible, available here and not available here, wherever it is, to make sure that you're preventing disease. Your whole specialty is about preventing disease. What I mean, how are patients supposed to find? There's not that many doctors like you. There's not that many concierge well, doctors. Why are more of them not going into concierge? They should be because even though the transition was difficult and I had several lean years... Um, and years where I just didn't know how this business was going to go. Now we're doing great. But there are a few years where you take a significant, at least for me, you know, a hit in income. And if the doctor is only worried about what they're going to make, well, then they're not going to make that choice because the hospital is going to pay you more than you make, not less. You go into medicine to be a civil servant. You go into medicine to serve, to be a doctor, to be a healer, the Hippocratic Oath and all the good things that we think about doctors. And I think that most of the people out there 
most patients going to see their doctor. They're now lucky if they get in, number one. Telemedicine is taking over, number two. And number three, you can't get an appointment that, that you're waiting months to get an appointment to get in. And so what's the average patient to do because they've not been educated about what concierge is or a personalized practice like you have. So I'm going to stop you here and tell us a little bit more about the depth of your practice, what you do with patients. Oh, we're going to stop insulting every doctor that's right. been going to concierge. Right. I was just getting on a roll. <laughs> okay, was, well, you can keep going if you want. But, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I agree with you that the doctors should transition over because they owe it to the patients, they owe it to themselves. This is what they went to medical school for. And um, They're not delivering care. Right, and so if you are going to a doctor who, at whatever stage in their career, decided to go from their own private practice to selling their practice to become a hospital-owned practice, your doctor made the money decision to make more money for themselves and throw you as a patient under the bus selfishly. They could have made the jump. But once you sell your book of business to the hospital, now you've got strict no-compete clauses. You know, you don't own the charts anymore. You can't call your patients and go, hey, I'm leaving the hospital. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. You don't own those charts anymore. The hospital does. And that's why there's so few concierge doctors in the metro Detroit area because the hospital presence is so large. You know, it's, it's oppressive. And now as hospitals are starting to not operate as cleanly and efficiently and frankly, with the high level of expertise we were used to, um, it's extra scary for people who are reliant on a doctor employed by the hospital. So that's where we're missing it, is that, the, again, I started this talk about, you know, explaining why the doctor won't do it is because they got bills to pay. But there was a point in their life where they could have made that decision and give you as a patient a place to go, and they ruined that time for money. They gave up that opportunity for you for their pocketbook. And believe me, nobody's happy. You're not happy your doctor didn't do it because now you came and see them. And they're not happy because now they're a hospital employee and they're just a cog in the wheel, like a widget, just like you all are. Just can't imagine what the motivation would be of a doctor to want money. to sell their practice. Money. I mean, how much more money can they make by being owned by a, an organization, a hospital? Not that much. Doctors right. so are willing to sell it. their soul for just a little bit of money and lost opportunity for you, the, the doctor and the patient. Because what journey could that have doctor gone on to, to help your life? And, you know, that could have really made a positive impact on you. Instead, it's a negative effect because you can't see them and and you only spend five minutes you, if you're, you're on tell right you're on telehealth it's a it's a joke all because your doctor chose to make a little bit extra money for a little bit of time so feeling desperately sorry as i always do for all the listeners and all the patients out there because i feel as though they're all lost and you may be involved in a practice. There's a heart practice that I know of that sold out recently to Beaumont Hospital. And I'm thinking, you know, all these people now are now scrambling to go to other doctors. I mean, you get you get used to the doctor that you're going to, and now you've got to find somebody else. It's a challenge for the listener. It's a challenge for the patient. It's not that easy to find a doctor that's doing in the type of practice. I think concierge is very 
misunderstood. We, we just don't know enough about it. Well, let's, now I'll go where you want to go, which is, you know, the concept of concierge means that you're paying a retainer fee to be in the practice. And so most concierge doctors are not doing what I'm doing. They're just taking money for access, money for a little more time. Um, to me, this is an opportunity to take that money and invest it back in the patient. That and means that not all concierge, but you've got to also filter out the concierge doctor that you're looking to join. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, there's a lot of concierge doctors in our area who are seeing a lot of people, of course, and they don't do anything. They have no idea what I do in my practice. Well, they're not into prevention, I guess. That's what it comes down to. They're into access, maybe, but not prevention. They're just correct. They're just practicing basic medicine as the insurance company wants you to follow, but they may have a few fewer patients, so they have more time for them, and that's really it. They're not making any effort to provide value for the money that you're spending to see them. And it's really about having value, um, and the doctor certainly has the time to research and learn about how they can add more to the services that they're providing. Like finding a needle in a haystack, patients and listeners are going to have to have a list of what they need to ask the next doctor, the interview, or the next practice they go into because they're certainly all being shortchanged the way the system is right now. But we'll come back and talk more with Dr. Collender on the other side of the break. If you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Collender directly at 866-COLLENDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. And you are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll also tell us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. And Dr. Colander, before we get back to the subject we're on tonight, I would like to... Um, remind listeners to tune in Thursday evening at seven o'clock. We have a live show. You can call in. It's the only show in America. As far as we know, you can call in and talk to the doctor directly. If you have questions about anything concerning your health care or any of the subjects we're talking about. So we're on Sundays at three and also Thursdays, 7 p.m. live. So where we started off, Dr. Collender with Bob Saget, how he died, unfortunately, prematurely, and knowing that he probably had a handful of doctors, what's the answer? Well, we said, you know, before we came on, what if Bob Saget had a concierge doctor? I mean, how could he not? He's well, a famous... Well, you would think that he would. You would think that he probably had a handful of doctors because there were a lot of people that wanted him to stay alive, not just his friends and family, but the, you know, the entertainment business that was making money off his shows. Well, and a concierge doctor is making money having this person as their patient. From not my, much, not much. I mean, let's be honest about it. It's really very, very little that you have to pay. People are spending more on a flat screen TV these days than on what, you know, most concierge doctors are charging for a whole year. So to, 
go ahead. Well, well to that, that point, yeah. you know, I can't afford to let my patients die. You know, like that's what I say. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's like patients go, what, you know, what do you think about this? Go, look, I'm not here. I'm not here to, you know, I'm trying to keep my paying customers alive. You know, we have a mutually beneficial Well, you say goal. that with tongue in cheek. I but... do, but it's serious. Like it's, but it's, it's my passion to keep them alive and happy and healthy. Whereas when you're in a volume-based practice, this is going to sound horrible, and you've got 3,000 patients in your queue, and someone dies, guess what? There's 30 more to fill that spot. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't change your bottom line. And mm -hmm. I guess it may not come out that great, but it's, I don't want any of my patients having anything wrong. I don't want them leaving because they're unhappy. I don't want them leaving because they're sick, and I certainly don't want them dying. And so... It's just a horrible tragedy. If this guy had a concierge doctor, which you can't imagine he didn't, what are they doing? Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly. the answer. What are they doing for their job? How does, and again, listeners, which we haven't talked about this in the show yet, heart attack and stroke, an event like that, sudden death, is 100% preventable. So if you haven't heard the show before and we're going, well, people just die. Why are you guys carrying on about a death? Well, that, they don't need to die. That's the point. Yes. That kind of death is preventable. So, you know, whatever happened to him is something that we could have identified early on. Easily. Easily. And taken action so that this doesn't happen, the, the, the death. Right. And so that's why we're carrying on about this is because this was preventable. Anytime you hear in the news or someone you know dropped dead of a heart attack or had a heart attack and died, that event was preventable. And I don't mean, oh, they should have seen their cardiologist and had a stress test. Well, that I doesn't mean, work. You need to identify that that doesn't work. That doesn't work is because death is caused by plaque rupture, not by a critical blockage of blood flow. And we have the technology to identify plaque rupture for listeners. What is it once again? It's simple. It's a, it, there's an ultrasound of the neck that we do. It's not the carotid Doppler that you've all think, thought you've had. It's a test that's an ultrasound that measures the wall of your artery. It measures the thickness of the layers of your artery wall. Whereas the Doppler just looks at between the walls. Between the walls doesn't tell the story. The walls tell the story. And if you measure the different layers of the walls, those data points can be followed over time. If they get bigger, I'm doing a bad job. If they get smaller, I'm doing a good job. And they need to get smaller. And that's it. It's that simple. And the thing is that people, and especially in your practice, you've had certainly, you've had patients on the show that have talked about this before, and you've had elderly patients, you've had patients come in, join the practice who have plaque, and it is reversible. So it's not the end of the line to get the test. You find out about the test, you get the test, the CIMT, everybody should get it. I absolutely say everyone should get it. And um, if you find out that they do have plaque uh, buildup in the artery wall, there still is a chance to turn the clock back. And you've had patients that you've brought in here and they've talked about how it's been reversed. Wherever you are in life, that's our starting point. And it's never too late. So if you're 30, if you're 85, 90, and you say, you know what, I want to keep living and I want to be healthy, well, then you come in, you go through our process, we identify your disease, 
we find all the drivers of inflammation that contribute to that disease, and we improve those drivers, and guess what? Your disease, which is plaque, gets better, and we're moving you away from bad events, bad outcomes, and chronic illness. Yeah, I mean, and I think the American listeners need to wake up and realize that they have the good fortune of having this intelligence, this technology. The technology is already there. It's been there for some time. So the, the technology is out there to assist in diagnosing these types of diseases. And nobody's availing themselves of it because they don't know about it. And doctors aren't talking about it because I guess they're not getting paid to talk about it. And last but not least, it's in many cases not covered by insurance. But when you're talking about a test that's a dollar, $125 or $250, that's nothing. It's totally nothing. Well, Amory, you keep talking about the tech. And yeah, it's, it's, there's an, we need to identify disease and we need tech to do that. Um, but tech makes it sound like it's fancier than it is. It's really quite simple. Well, um, it's out there is the point. It's yeah. available. You use it, you avail yourself of, and you save lives all the time. But the use of it is not what's important. Well, let me clarify that. It's how it's used. So having the information is worthless if you aren't doing the right thing with that data. You know, And we've had many callers on the live show telling us about their CT calcium score and their doctor has no idea how to apply that information toward a preventative program because they have no idea how to prevent any kind of disease. The same thing goes with the CIMT. So, you know, we don't allow someone to come in the office and just get a CIMT because if they take that result to their doctor who does not understand prevention, it's nothing's going to be prevented because the doctor mm -hmm. does not know what to do with the test. So we only bring in patients to our practice who want to do the whole thing, you know, who want to come in and commit to prevention and commit to getting healthier and, you know, buy into our system. And when that happens, they're going to get on the right path. But having a test and no one knowing what to do with the results doesn't help anybody you got to know what to do with it. And unfortunately, it is a hard road for most patients and most listeners to embark upon because, first of all, they've got to know what's out there. And second of all, they've got to find not just a personalized concierge practice, but also someone who is dedicated to turning things around and treating them and following them and following up on them. It's not the end of the road. There are very few of us, unfortunately, very few. And um, it's kind of just sad, but even patients, when they hear us, there's so much, you know, we're, we're a drop in the bucket to the noise out there and the prior negative, you know, information that's been given them and we'll call it misinformation. Um, you know, even my patients, I get to re-educate every week, every time I see them, because they're still getting stress tests, which are a waste of time if their cardiologist requests it. Yeah, it's sad to think about that most people, unfortunately, are lost and have got to be their own advocate. In the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, please only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 
WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also telling us about the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. For more information, we encourage you to only call Dr. Colander directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. And we encourage you also to tune in Thursday evening, 7 p.m., right after the Mitch Album Show. We're live. And anyone across the country is welcome to call in and talk to the doctor directly. So, Dr. Collender, our last segment, people are always enamored about the fact that they have three doctors, a primary care, a cardiologist, an endocrinologist. Is this the answer? Absolutely not. And the reason is, you know, doing asymptomatic workups are a total waste of time, unless you're going for prevention. So one of my patients, and again, my patients come in, we spend a couple hours together, I'm educating them about the process and what we're doing and why. And even then as a layperson, it's a lot of information and over time they forget. So one of my patients who's in good shape and he's fine, he decides that he ought to go see a cardiologist because he's 68, 69. He ought to just go and it's what he should do. To feel more comfortable. Right. To so get he, some reassurance that he's not going to get. But okay, go ahead. So he goes to the cardiologist, and of course, he gets a EKG and an echocardiogram and a stress test. And he comes back, he goes, I just want to let you know I saw a cardiologist, and I got tested, and I'm fine. And I look at him, and I, and I had to sit, you know, when we sit down to go over results, I go, you are fine, but that's not the reason. And... This is what a stress test does. A stress test only identifies people who have a stable critical blockage that's, you know, 80% or more blocked, maybe 70%. The kicker about that is that lesion is going to make you feel sick. You're going to have shortness of breath, chest pain, nausea, dizziness. Your ability to exert yourself is going to be decreased over time. You're going to have symptoms. People that, you know, so that's what gets you to do the stress test is symptoms. The stress test is not going to identify anybody who has a below 70% because they're going to pass the stress test. People like Bob Saget, who probably died from a sudden cardiac event, that most commonly occurs with a lesion that's less than 50%. So if you have a lesion that's say 35%, but that's very angry, about to rupture, you're going to pass your stress test. And when that lesion ruptures, you have a chance of going from 35% to 100% in 5 to 10 minutes. Because the rupture causes a thrombus or a clot, which blocks you. Not identified on a stress test. So the stress test is pretty useless then is what you're saying. It's completely useless unless you're having symptoms of cardiac events. You're having chest pain, shortness of breath, dizziness, nausea, you're tired more, you give no energy, and it's all exertional related or food related. All right, then you need a stress test. Symptoms. 
prevention starts when you're not symptomatic, and it starts by identifying disease very early instead of very late, which is what a stress test is for. I want to see your plaque when it's on day one, and then I have a chance to keep it at day one forever. Right. Plus, we're going to fix all of the things that cause other diseases that also cause plaque. Yeah, because they're interconnected, right? I guess most people don't know that, that they're interconnected. Everything's connected. Um, obviously, blood pressure. We want to identify people before they become diabetic that they're on that path. And that causes all of these chronic illnesses and sudden death. We want to identify sleep issues. We want to identify vitamin deficiencies that help keep your arteries quiet. We want to identify genetic predispositions. And genetics does not mean that you are fated to have an event. Don't assume you are or not healthy based on your family history. You may or may not have an actual genetic issue. But there's things, other things to identify that you may not know about and that has never been identified in your family. So all those issues need to be worked over. I, you know, I hardly know what to say to the listeners because it's a big undertaking. I guess the first step is to understand what you don't know. Exactly. Education's number one. So first is educate everybody and then identify your disease. And we do our CIMT in the office. And if you don't have plaque there, then we send you for a CT calcium score because I don't want to assume you don't have plaque. I might do two, three imaging studies to look for plaque because I want to know that you have it. Because if you do, we get to work. You know, it's going to really be sad when this autopsy on Bob Saget is done and if they do find out that he died of, you know, sudden cardiac arrest when he had the availability to be, to see any doctor, every doctor all over the country, all over the world and plenty of money. And I think that people hear and see these things and they say, oh, what a shame. But I think they've internalized the fact that, you know, that heart attack is inevitable. It's like your luck of the draw. It's, uh, it, we have no control over it, but I mean, what we're hearing from you and what you're telling people is you have all the control over it. You're hundred percent right. It's ingrained in our being that, that sometimes these events just happen and they were unpredictable. Um, a couple years ago on the show, we would talk about somebody I know that he was a, a physician and he died suddenly. And I remember Again, we're friend, we're, we have mutual friends. We're not friends with them. But his wife wanted to go with the belief that this was not predictable. You know, this just happened. There was no way to stop it. Yeah, and that, that it's random. We've come, come to accept the fact that it's just random and it's not something that is preventable. That's the well, problem that people don't know. Well, it gives people comfort to know that their loved one, you know, something happened that was out of their control because it was in their control you know, if it was preventable, then they could have impacted them to, to stop it. But when right. it's in God's hands, well, then it's in God's hands. Right. Unfortunately, it doesn't have to be that way. We, we're living in a toxic environment, and our body's under assault all the time from chemicals and air pollution and pesticides in our food and metals in the ground. All of these things cause chronic disease, and you gotta you gotta fight dirtier to to save yourself. 
So last 50 seconds on the show, what's your word to all the listeners, Dr. Collender? Well, the most important thing is get tested. You need to find someone who's going to take care of you and then go through a process of learning about your health, getting your disease identified, and then buying into the process to stop it. Do not assume that you're okay based on what you already know because nothing that you've been told actually identifies your risk. So don't walk around with the wool over your eyes thinking you're okay because you were told you are. I'm going to go back to our old saying, you're not okay until I tell you you're okay. you got to get the full workup. Yeah, and the most important thing is actually knowing what tests you need to get. They're out there. They're available. And listeners, if you don't know what they are, call Dr. Collender's office and they'll bring you up to date. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Collender Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760, sponsored by Collender Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Collender for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack, stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope that you've enjoyed the show and that you've become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER. And thank you for listening. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.